Gosh, you're a good-looking bunch. <laughs> it's uh, it's so so amazing to uh, to think of the work which has been going on in this house over all of these years, and um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's it's bittersweet in this particular season, of, I suppose, that um, Emma and I, we know that uh, God is calling us to the next step, the next level of trust and of faith and intimacy of him and not being here part of that community breaks <laughs> our hearts, but it is so of him for the work which he's been doing, particularly over these last nine years, almost 10 years that we've been part of this community. And um, my message this morning, cooking for nine years and still going. What a powerful message we received last week about the pressure test, the pressure cooking, which happens within our lives. And I just found myself just sitting over there Nodding, nodding, smiling, having a little chuckle to myself because of the significance of what that has been for both Emma and I in our lives over these last nine years. Greg said there is no other way that we can come through to the Father except through these pressure tests. And I hope that didn't come as a means to offend because it's, it is so true that as we receive, um, as we walk in, in trials, as we, we walk through um, challenges that come in our life, it is the, the power of Christ. It is the Spirit of Christ. It is the life of Christ, which is being birthed within us along that process. And within some of those pressure tests, we're quicker to come to the reality of that than others. That's my life. That's my testimony. And I've really felt that this morning um, the Spirit was wanting me to share about the fruit and the life that is to come out of the pressure cooking, out of the pressure tests. Emma said, oh, cooking for nine years, like you must be a pretty shriveled up little prune if you're being cooked by a pressure cooker. But I was like, no, 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 no. It's like, because God, he likes to, you know, kind of take parts of the body, like so he's been, he's been cooking my heart for one season, he's been cooking my mind for another, he's been cooking my hands for another, it's like it's a total body, full immersion experience of what it is that he's wanting to do in you and I. And so we can hear a message like we heard last week and we can relate, we can relate to the, the trials, we can relate to what, um, what actually has the potential to... Um, to arrest us and to lead us into his presence, lead us more into his heart and to his way of thinking. But we, it can be a stumbling block if we don't see the fruit or the life that is being outworked during that time. And one of the beautiful things that I just love about the way in which the fivefold ministry is unfolding in this body is that we can receive by the power of God a heavenly eternal purpose for what it is that he's calling us. And as sheep, we can get excited. 
We can, get, we can have the anticipation of what it is that's to come. But as my gift comes to you this morning, I want to be somebody who leads you to the well of life. I want to be someone who rolls away the stones so that you can see the living water that is available. As a shepherd, I hope you'll let me this morning come with my crook and come with my rod, because in that is so much life to be had. It's a guidance tool. Sometimes it's grab the leg because you're going in the wrong direction, and sometimes you need some discipline, and yet other times I'm going to carry you over my shoulders because I love you and because as we walk together, I can lead you to the right path of the, which is his pen, which is his, his way of entering through the gate, which is Christ Jesus. So I thank God for, for what he is that he wants to say, what he wants to do. And so the Spirit said, help the flock to identify that my spirit and power is at work within their lives so that they wouldn't be discouraged by the cooking process, but see that I'm truly doing a deep and good work within that is maturing and that is building up the body of Christ. It is the fullness and it is the life of that Ephesian scripture that as we come together, we're being equipped, we're being built up, we're coming one, we're being unified and that the world will see that. So to do that, he's asked me to share the last nine years, share my story and how it's been the biggest test and also the most beautiful fruit, the most beautiful truth of our Lord Jesus Christ that has solidified my faith, solidified my trust in Him, and has seen me grow from being a baby in the faith. I've been walking this, uh, this path of being a Christian for, goodness, coming on 20 years, 19, 20 years, but I have to admit to you today that until nine years ago, I was a baby in the faith. I had walked even in leadership roles within the church back in London, but I was a baby. I was a baby to the, the true knowledge, the true intimacy of what was on offer. And he has come in these, in these last nine years to, to reveal that to me in the most gentlest way. That is the Father heart. The Father heart is not to ram it in your face that you're a baby. You're a baby and there's no means of growing up. If I did that to my own daughter, how much encouragement would I obtain from that? What would I learn from that? But his tenderness towards us, his his unfathomable love for us to come into the fullness, the full measure of Christ that it talks about in Ephesians 3 is fully available for us as we submit ourselves, as we humble ourselves to the process of realizing where we are, where we've been, and then what he's actually calling us into. It's beautiful. It's enabled me to hear his voice, to be in relationship with the Father. The cooking process has brought forth this life that I'm no longer tuned into hearing from the flesh or hearing from man, but I want to hear him first. 
because there's just no, there's no other way. There's no better life that stems from His voice being spoken and from the life that comes from it. I'm tasting the freedom in Christ. There's such freedom to be had in Him as we submit our lives to Him, as we allow that pressure, the pressure test to come, and as we allow Him to be at the center of those pressure tests. The freedom comes because it's not your responsibility to take hold of it. It's not your responsibility to define it. It's His, His plan, His perfect way, His perfect way we've been singing about this morning is available for us to to walk in. And from that place of freedom, we come to experience the power, the power on offer to us that is of him, that is in him, that is through him, that is not for the glory of ourselves, but for the glory of him. I'm going to share some stories this morning of just how his power has been at work in my life these last few years, in and through the submission process, in and through the desire for intimacy, in and through that place of hunger and thirst for what he wants, not for what I want. (laughs) So where should we start? 16 years ago, as an 18-year-old, as still part of a, uh, a youth group, uh, Woodford Baptist Church, which is a little suburb in northeast London, and uh, we had a, um, a prophet by the name of uh, Baz Gascoigne from Newcastle come and, uh, come and deliver a word for us, eh? And, uh, and he, uh, I just, just got back from receiving my A-level results. Um, I hadn't done too well. Study was not my, my forte. And, uh, but Baz comes up to me and he delivers this word. He says, Simon, you're going to travel the world. And when you travel the world, you're not to worry about the financial circumstances. You're not to worry about any conditions. But you're going to travel. And I didn't have a single part of me in my bone that wanted to travel the world. I had no real desire. Come on, I'm 18. We know what we think of as boys when we're 18, right? Come on, let's be honest. And uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Good, good, healthy response there, Gregory. Good, healthy response. But notice that, that even within that word, it wasn't to say you're going to preach the word or you're going to minister to nations or that you're going to um, transform um, people. It was just that you'll go to faraway lands. You'll go distance. Words we've been hearing lately in, in banquets, you know, there are some words that you just, you shelf. You go, okay, thank you, that's, that's lovely, that's nice. And particularly as an 18-year-old, you're like, yep, I've definitely got other things on my mind and other, other priorities, other things that, that seem more important. So I'll shelf that. Fast forward six years and... Uh, I'm up on the stage and I'm leading worship and, and then there's this beautiful woman in my sights. <laughs> and I meet my wife for the very first time whilst I'm leading worship. Salvation is here. <laughs> you talk to her and, and ask her what was, the, what was the, the, um, the, the stumbling block in her life whilst, uh, whilst worshipping God. Whilst I was on the stage. <laughs> just talk to her, just talk to her. 
honest. What I didn't realize is that she was looking at the bass player behind me, but <laughs> Yes, yes, there was that, there was that. But we did, we eventually, uh, we eventually got together on uh, New Year's Eve of 2006, 2007, and 10 months later, uh, we were engaged. And, uh, but that, that wasn't the, the, the real start, I think, for me of, of the, the pressure test, was when Emma came to me um, six months into the relationship and says, I want to go, uh, uh, go home. It's time for me to return to New Zealand. And I'm like, where's that? <laughs> like, you know, I've heard of, you know, I've heard of Pete Jackson. I was, you know, working in the television industry at the time, but I was doing a lot of stuff for uh, Sky Sports and, and various bits and pieces for that. But it was, uh, that was all, that's all we, we really knew about New Zealand was this Lord of the Rings and uh, everything that's on offer. But I, that was, that was the start for me of saying, Okay, God, if, if I am truly in love with this woman and you have put me together with her, I don't want to mess around. I'm not in the business of playing around and, and even doing long-distance relationships. I've been, that, been there, I've done that, it failed. And so if we're meant to be, I want you to create a way. And in that period, really, between those six, six months and to the time in which we left, it was amazing to see God unfold his path of just putting the jigsaw places into position so that I would come to New Zealand with Emma. And again, it was totally in line with that prophecy. I wouldn't have to worry. There was no fear to, to, to be placed in it. I even remember the, the, the funny things of, of people, what they were saying to us in the community at the time. It's like, God's gone before you. He's made a way. He's put things in, in place for you. And as you know, someone, you're going, woo, yeah, awesome. We're all sorted. I've got a job lined up with Pete Jackson. We're going to walk down the red carpet together and go say, yes, I'm Simon English. And Simon English is wearing Hugo Boss on the red carpet this afternoon. And uh, is holding his Oscar in his hand, you know, all the grandeur starts flying out. Oh, you've gone. You've gone ahead of us, Lord. You've gone. You've prepared a way. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) How far from the truth. How far from the truth could it be? We we arrived in uh, in New Zealand and, uh, and then right there, the pressure test kicked into play. What was my reality versus his reality? What was it that he was putting in place that he had already gone ahead, that he had prepared a way for? But what was to come? We, um, we had been to a, another church community before we, we came to The Rock, and uh, it, was, it had a very sort of similar feel to, to, to our last church community in, in London. Fabulous family environment. But there was something just kind of niggling away at me. It was this, this whole realm that, you know, Emma had only, only been a, 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 a walking as a Christian for a year. And, um, you know, as, as the fiancé, you want to take a bit of, you know, discipleship and a bit of a, a, a spiritual authority within the relationship to say, we need, we need to be in an environment that um, 
that, that God wants us and that we'll, we'll challenge. And so there I am in my prayer time before God, and I'm saying, Father, take us to a place where you'll transform us, where you'll challenge us in, uh, in our thinking, and that where we will grow, and where the, or- or the worship will be amazing and delirious will be played every weekend. <laughs> You can see what was of the flesh and what was of the spirit, right? What a stupid prayer. <laughs> what a stupid prayer. Because it's like, right, I've got you. I've got you. Because the very next weekend in the evening, we find ourselves sat right where Melissa Kenworthy is. And we find home. We find home. And... Yeah, it might have had something to do with History Maker being played that night. <laughs> I think that was God's way of having a little bit of fun with me. But we, we were totally at home. The following weekend, I think, was even a new friend's lunch. We met up with Jonathan and Janine Cutts, and we were straight into a life group. There's just no, no hindrance from us saying yes and amen to your plan of us being here. Do you know what the funny thing is, is that even nine years ago, uh, when that happened, we weren't a church community that were in, in that position. But he was like, oh, look, I'll, I'll, I'll even show you by being part of a community that thinks it's got it all right, thinks that it's got it. And, and even in your own thinking, because, you know, you grow up in London, massive churches, massive communities, full of life, full of energy. And we experienced that same thing here. Not, you know, maybe not into the, to the numbers side, but just the, yeah, awesome, we're going for God. We're, you know, we're going to see the, sa- the lost saved. We're going we're gonna ha- to ha- have all this happen, and we're going to be able to serve in that. We're going to be able to be part of that. How exciting. But even more so was just that beauty of the transition of how he transformed us on the path that we were willing to submit and, and go on to allow him to work. And that was, oh, I need to tell you, it was the most hardest thing for me in those early days. Because still with that mindset of the film industry is so booming and so wonderful here with, with Pete Jackson and everything that he's, he's doing over here. I remember, you know, being so proud of my CV and being able to put it in with crew booking agency that at the time were looking after all of the Wellington crew and just you know, kind of dropping it into Josie's hand and going, you need me. You need me. Pete needs me. And the response is like, yeah, join the rest of the queue, buddy. Join the rest of the queue. And that shell-shocked me. It shell-shocked me in the position that I was in because it was like, it was so easy to come by in London. It was so easy to, to, um, to, to jump from, from one thing to the next. Contracts were so long, and, and uh, you know, I never felt that financial fear or struggle um, uh, abound in my life. Over the first six months of being here in New Zealand, I went from bringing uh, savings of over $12,000 and went down to my last 20 bucks. What are you doing, God? Why, why is this such a struggle? What, what's happening in this situation? And I 
just remember time and time again crying my heart out to God for a miracle or for something to come about. And I know that he, he hears those prayers, but there was something far deeper that he was wanting to do. There was a far deeper work that he was wanting to do within me to see from his perspective. And this is what the pressure test does. It draws us to see from his perspective rather than our own. And I can't tell you that even things got greater after that. It took two years. It was a two-year pressure test for me. And I know that you guys here in this room have experienced pressure tests even longer than that over, over things in your life. But the, the perseverance came in and through discipleship. It came in and through placing myself around it. I'm so thankful for you guys. Jeanette and Rick were an incredible source at that time. Rick and I were going through the same situation at the time and to partner with each other in pressing into God, in pressing into his faithfulness, into his supply. Through that was massive, a massive encouragement. And you know what? I didn't even end up in the film industry. I ended up delivering pizzas for Domino's. How humbling is that? Lord, I'm a production coordinator for this big company, IMG. They do things for models, for sports personalities. I've worked with Roger Federer. I've worked with Adam Scott, the golfer. I've had all this accolade. I want you at Domino's. Because I'm going to teach you something through that. I'm going to teach you what it means to be humble and, and if I want you to be at Domino's for the rest of your life, are you okay with that? Are you happy to, to work in that environment? And what an amazing experience. I had some phenomenal opportunities to share the love of God, but also just the, the, um, the work that he was doing in me through that time with, with my boss, Rachel, and Tom. And I actually, through allowing God to speak his word and his life in and through my life at that time, I became, I came to a place of peace. I came to a place of rest. And at that very moment, he said, like, here's the exchange. I'm wanting to give you that rest. I'm wanting to give you that peace. I want to give you that assurance that I am in control of all things through every season, through every circumstance, through every situation. And as soon as the rest, as soon as the peace came, Knock on the door from this man. We'd, uh, we'd been uh, running young adults life group here. Some of you are still here. Thank you for sticking around <laughs> throughout the years. And uh, we started with six. And in the space of literally three months, young adults just exploded in this house. We had about 30 <laughs> starting to come to our group. A life group of 30 is like, Greg, what am, I, what am I supposed to do with this? It's like, we need a bigger space. And we started using the, we, we used to own a, a property, um, oh, sorry, not own it, but um, work very closely with a, a property in Petoni, which a lot of you remember have a go. And uh, the, the work we were able to do in the community with the hut there. And so we started holding it there. But I knew that this thing had to multiply, it had to grow. But we'd been seeing such life and, and such power coming through the young adults' lives. And um, Greg comes to me and we, we sat down, we had coffee, um, and 
I actually was, even though the, the, everything that had been happening in and through Domino's, I was coming sort of towards the end of my visa as well, and I thought, look, if, if, this, is, if this is what's being outworked and that's it, I'm not sure that kind of financially we can viably stick around. And so, again, that was just a prayer that I, I left at the foot of the cross. I just said, God, you, you have this in your hands, and you know the direction in which you want us to go. And um, Greg says, look, loving what is happening here within, within the body and loving what's, what's happening in, in amongst your life, would you come and would you, you support us in, in heading up the young adults? And you, you have a choice in that position to say, okay, I'm going to run. <laughs> I'm going to run away because I know exactly if I step into this, then here comes the pressure test. <laughs> here comes the next step. But I knew from experience of that very first pressure test that you can then walk into the next one with boldness. You can walk into the next one with assurance. You can walk in knowing that he wants to give you his fullness. He wants to build faith in you. And so we said, yes. I want to skip forward just a a couple of years and um, let's go to Revelation it's always good to start at the end. <laughs> I've been in, um, leading here at the community on staff for a couple of years. And um, you know that you get to a place in and of yourself where if you allow the work that God's been doing and the gradual incline, that whole scripture that talks from that we're going from glory to glory to glory and then, you know, he, he gives us, he, he, he can give us time um, to, to allow that to sink into our spirit, spirit allow, us to, allow that to mature us to do that true work. But I'd allowed myself to go from this place of, of receiving from him and knowing what the significance of pressure test was to do to this plateau. And I got frustrated. I got frustrated with um, maybe things that were happening in this house, um, you know, even even what was coming forward from the from the front. Like I know, like I, I'm even a, a a leader on staff on this community, and there are things that are not sitting in my spirit. They're not connecting, um, and yet, God, you are stirring something within me, which uh, which means I'm not to leave this place. I'm not to walk away. What is it that's going on? I found myself just separating my, myself um, from work for the day. I took the car and I went out to Breaker Bay. And they've got that awesome, beautiful archway cliff side. And I just went and sat on the beach. And God led me to this scripture. And yeah, we'll read it from verse 15. I know your deeds that they are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you 
to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love are rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them and he with me. You know, when you receive a, a word like that, it does. It has the, the power to, to derail or it has the power to make you inquire more of him. I chose to inquire because I was desperate. And the Lord just wants to say this morning, He loves it when we're desperate for Him. He loves it when we choose to press in for His reality rather than be afraid of it or be scared of it. I've been been scared too much in my life, but I've also known the reality of the fullness and the power and the life that comes through listening to him, to know to choose him when he says, choose me. And the thing for me is, you know, Laodicea, we know it means uh, apathy. It means that lukewarmness. And I couldn't even identify in myself that I had become apathetic. You know, apathetic is not... um, an outcome of just lying down, eating chips all day, sitting back with a can of Coke. Apathy, God was revealing to me, is, is a religious spirit. It's something that is, is stored up in it. I can be up on that stage leading you guys in worship, but living in complete apathy. I can be discipling you or be a discipleship leader and be completely apathetic to the purpose of what it is that God is calling you to lead, how He's calling you to lead and speak into the lives of others. It was such a wake-up call for me. And to know that there is another side to that. Though he called me, though he saw into my spirit, though he saw that there was wretchedness, that there was things that needed to be untangled, he says, Simon, I counsel you. I call you unto myself. I say to you, receive from me. Believe in me. Trust in me that what I have on offer is far greater, far greater, far much more life that is on offer than the frustration that you're sitting in. And so I said, well, look, God, you've got to reveal that condition of my heart. You've got to reveal what, what is on offer to me. And I want to read to you. I want to be completely vulnerable with you this morning. This is from my diary. I just asked him the question, who or what has my heart, Lord? Who am I living for? Why is this frustration around? He said, Lord, he said, Si, look, these are the things. You've got football, you've got Facebook, you've got the lusts of life, you've got gaming, you've got your daughter, you've got your wife, your parents, even your role here at The Rock is something that you are totally relying upon within your life. And then I just started writing, I'm living for me. The ability, I wrote this, the ability to live a life of comfort that requires very little responsibility 
and yet all the riches of doing something worthwhile. That's like, there is difference in the riches that are on offer, isn't there? The riches that I'm living in. And I'm like, Lord, you've, you've put me in this pressure test not to condemn me, but you've put me in this pressure test that I would come into knowing the full riches. What are those riches? It's the Spirit. It's the understanding of His Word. It's the full inheritance that is on offer for us through His eternal purpose. It is the fruit of the Spirit living in our lives, that love, that joy, that peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. The full picture is on offer. And yet he says, I counsel you, buy with gold. There is an exchange that he's calling us to in and through the pressure test. He says, look, buy from me gold refined in the fire. He's, he's saying exchange, exchange what it is that you have. Exchange that wrong thinking, exchange that wrong mindset. Exchange the pain, exchange the frustration. Exchange it all for what I have because my riches are far greater than what you hold on to. What do you fear, Simon? He said, I said, Lord, I fear that responsibility, that I have that constant pull of wanting to remain a child, to remain in that place of immaturity where I can rely upon others to, to be uh, my food, where I can rely upon man to tell me what to do. I can rely on those things. A dissatisfaction of not being listened to. And he said, Si, this is what I'm going to do in you. Clear as day. You seek value in the role that you play at the rock. But I say to you, seek out your value in me. Who I say that you are. And allow that to be the thing that defines you. Encouragement is so different to what you think it is. Encouragement is not there to puff up or to add value to an individual. Encouragement enables a person to persevere, to keep running the race, to stay on course so that none of us would be led astray by sin's deceitfulness. It's a joint pursual, a partnership between you and me to hear my voice and to not have your heart hardened when I speak. You've placed dependency on your own thinking of what sexual intimacy is, which is something I never created it to be. It was very warped in my mind. I had bad relationships in the past that had sunk mindsets of what it was to treat a woman, what it was to treat my wife. It was sickening, but I was so grateful for his gentleness to reveal he said, it's not about a release. It's not about what you can get from it. It's about a union. It's about oneness. It's about love. It's about abundant devotion. Because I'm leading you to abundant devotion with me. But I've given you this fabulous woman that you can partner with. That as you walk together, abundant devotion towards me comes about. I will teach you to be dependent on me. Depend on my love and the union that I desire with you. And watch as I transform your mind. Watch as I transform your perspective.
big questions. Are you engaged to me or are you engaged to the things that have your heart? Live wholeheartedly for me, Sai, in preparation for my coming as your bridegroom. It was five years ago. I was bawling my eyes out. You can't comprehend the, just the incredible nature of his heart towards us. He wants that all for us. He wants that all for us. He doesn't come with demands. He comes, this is what's on offer. Give me your life and I'll give you riches that you can't even comprehend. That will not only be a blessing to you, will not only be a building work in you, but will be a blessing to those that don't even know me yet. It's such a privilege to go through that pressure test. In the unveiling of who we are, we have the choice to hide and run away or actively listen and press in. God does not leave us with the problem. You need to know that today. He doesn't leave us with a problem. He shows the solution. What is on offer if we're willing to accept His counsel, if we're willing to accept the gift of His Son, the gift of the fullness of Him, the exchange that's on offer. Pressure tests enable the following to happen in our hearts and minds. Number one, walking in the fullness of freedom in Christ is possible. I want you to know that today. That very day I received freedom from Christ. I received freedom from what my perception on, on what was required, even within repentance, even what the work which he'd done in my life was complete. It was done. It was accomplished once and for all. Did it mean I was perfect? No. No, no, no. But I knew that I didn't have to come back time and time and time and time again over the same things. He dealt to it once and for all. I'm yours now and forever. There's nothing that can take that away from me. Nothing can take away his love for me, his, his fatherhood, the spirit of sonship that's over my life. And in that, that brings us into this place of freedom. It just, it fixes me up on that when I have a guitar in my hand and I have the opportunity to praise him. It's incredible freedom of what I get to do up there. It's an incredible joy. It's not a something I've got to, ooh, what song are we going to do today? Is it going to please everyone? How many hands am I going to get raised? <laughs> that was a good morning, Greg. Let's bottle it. Let's bottle it. <laughs> There's such freedom to then to go, it's all about you. Everything I'm experiencing in life is all about you. It's all for you. It's all coming to completion because of the work which you want to do. And so what a joy, what a privilege it is to praise you this morning. What a privilege it is to worship you throughout my week. Freedom, church, freedom. That creates lordship. Colossians 2. Let's go there. 6 to 10. Is everyone doing all right? Awesome. I hope we're eating today. Freedom from human regulations through life with Jesus Christ. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, 
continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness, there's that word again, fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. The reestablishment of my position here at The Rock was another big um, pressure cooker, pressure test experience. But what was so phenomenal in what he had established in me through the previous pressure tests was this utmost ability to trust him, to have faith in, in the work that he was doing. And I remember Emma and I, we, we try to get back to the UK sort of every other year um, if the finances um, are, are, are allowing. And uh, we went back the turn of 2014, 2015. And I'll be honest with you, like I, almost when I came to New Zealand, I was, I was wondering when I was going home. It's that realm that you, the, the spirit still um, has, has a work in my heart that has such a passion and, for that nation and, and for its people um, of all tribes, all tongues. You know, it's such a, a multicultural um, environment. And um, Mike and Ingrid uh, Hewitson, who used to be elders here, um, were like spiritual parents for, for Emma and I. And uh, I'd find myself probably at least once a year um, going up to, to Ingrid and going, is it time yet? Is it time? She said, nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next year. Is it time yet? Is it time yet? No, no. You're still called to be here. Okay, okay. And what a... What a journey it was that got to the point I didn't even bother asking. <laughs> you, just, you just know to lay it in his hands. You just know to, to trust him with his plans and what it is that he's, he's wanting to do. And we went back to the UK and um, we sensed this shift. And it wasn't a shift in what was going out in London or, or things that had been happening over in the UK it was a shift that had happened in us. It was a work that had been done in us. And we went back to our local community, and we laugh about this. It's like, we're just by far the loudest people in the church, <laughs> just with regards to encouraging, you know? They're like, yeah, great word, Neil. You settle down. You know, just, I'm just having a little sleep here. I was, I was shocked, really. It was, kind of a, it was kind of a big identifier of, of what was happening within, within the body, but we were just reflecting ourselves, going, wow, isn't, isn't God amazing that He's created within us such a stirring that when one spirit speaks to another, yeah. we want to partner with that. It doesn't matter if it's in this house or in another. And, uh, and you could see, like, the, there's the mixture in the turning of the heads because it's like, I want to have what you have, as well as the, you know, as well as the opposition, and just having some phenomenal conversations, just even whilst we're away, 
And we're just saying, it's, it's shifted. It's shifted even within us, this, this dependency or this need for family that we, of course, loved and, and, and missed back in the UK, but even the, just the work of the, the body of Christ and how it looked and, and what it shaped up to be. And as we sat down, I said to him, I feel like it's coming. I feel like the, the, the time for change is coming. And I, can't, I, can't, I couldn't tell him what it was or, or what, was, what, what it was about, but just that trusting him, change is coming, Simon. Change is about to, to occur, and I'm going to be in it all the way. I'm going to be with you all the way. We got back, um, I wish we would, no, I've told you even before that, so we then went to Paris, where, um, where Mike and Ingrid were living, and <laughs> classic Ingrid. So when are you coming back to the UK? <laughs> Oh, um, um, uh, 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 don't know. Um, maybe you know, like just totally trying to play it cool. She heard, yeah. she'd heard, and it 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 started. It started that process of knowing that he was going to be releasing us slowly but surely from this family. And you know, February came round when the the start of the process of reestablishment within within the staff was happening, and we. We were told about it in, in the boardroom. And I'm just going, yep, yep, cool, cool, all right, okay. Why am I doing this? Why am I nodding so profusely and going, yeah, this is cool, no problem, yep, we could all lose our jobs, that's fine, yeah. What? Like, that can, is only a work of his. That's only a work of his. And a preparation that is like, here. Pop in, I'm popping your heart back in, in the pressure cooker, Si. I'm seeing what's being birthed, what's, what's being infused, what's of me, what's of my spirit that has been infused in and of this situation. And I sat down with Paul when he actually gave me the letter to say, we're disestablishing your role. And I ne- never felt more like going, <laughs> because I knew it was of him. It could only have been of him. And it was only by his grace and his power to, to lead me through that process, that I didn't have fear as I had previously. Look back to 2008, and I'm scrambling to try and find work. I'm scrambling to try and find my worth in finances and, and being the head of my household and, and being able to provide for my family. And he's saying, Jigsaw's already made, mate. <laughs> it's already there. I've got something prepared for you. And in leaving the rock, you know, it was still th- it was still three to six months before I got a got a got a, another another job, which was uh, which was back in the film industry, and uh, within that I connected very well with William Yip and uh, did some work for him at Harcourts, and I believe that was a greater that had a greater purpose because then we got to do the Newlands Fair, you know it's like the purpose and the, the reasons behind relationships that we uh, come into to. to uh, coming to knowing and, and experiencing. It, it wasn't about the job for me in that. It was about building that relationship with him and, and putting on something that was of God's heart. And, uh, and now I find myself in a position because of trusting him, of, of leaning into him, that I have I've literally have not had to apply for a job in the last two years. It has just purely been, where do you want me, Lord? Where do you want me? Again, like how do you, 
How is that heart created if it's not of his spirit? If it's not of what he wants to, to give to you and I? That it's like, I can go in and I can do a, a horror movie or I can do a, a this or a that and people can go, oh, aren't you afraid? Aren't you afraid of the spirits that are coming? No, I'm going, what an opportunity to serve him. What an opportunity to be a vessel in that place that you want to touch somebody's life or you want to speak to me even more. Maybe you want to put me through another pressure test, Lord. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And it has. You know, there's been times where I know being away from, from Emma and being by myself and, and not being planted in this community, you have to rely upon him. You have to rely upon uh, on, on his word. You have to rely upon your prayer time with him. You have to rely upon what it is that he's saying every moment of the day because in being an obedient to him, there is that freedom, there is that peace, there is that joy that comes. And lordship is so, so important to that in saying, here I am, send me, Lord. Send me, Lord. I don't want to respond to the way in which man says, I've got to go about getting a job. I don't want to respond to, oh, things are a little bit tight at the moment, you know. It's like, no, because if I trust in the Lord, if I allow him to speak and I walk in that direction, or if he says, now stop, have peace, rest, there's life in that as well. And uh, it has been just phenomenal, even within that process of absolute assurance that the Spirit is with us through every circumstance and working to His good, particularly when Emma's hip um, got diagnosed. Emma has um, had pain just constantly in her, uh, in her left leg for 15, no more, years than that. Yeah, <laughs> just keep going, keep going. And, um, but never had, never had really a, um, an indication as to what the problem was. And, uh, you know, there's nothing worse. I know people here will experience, you, when, you, when you experience pain yourself, it's enough. But when you watch other people go through pain, it is another experience in that as well. What do you do? What can I say? What? Because I'm not, I can't live. I can't. I can't support my, my wife with regards to an, a true understanding of what it is that she was going through. We, um, we then had a, just a few incredible significant moments in and through discipleship. Uh, we had two groups at the time, Chris, Bella, and um, uh, Rochelle, and, and, uh, and then our other group as well as with... Uh, with everything that was going on and prayers, 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 prayers were being poured out for Emma, but the pain wasn't going until one day, there's this one woman that just pipes up and says, for goodness sake, get an x-ray. Do you know how, it, how simple that sounds? And yet you think, why didn't I think of that? And yet it was totally of the Spirit, it was totally of the Spirit. It was totally of what God was saying. And sometimes it is. It's like we're sheep that just need whoosh, rod up the backside to go, 
go and do it because this is the way. This is the way in which I want this pressure test experience to unfold. And through the x-ray, of course, we find out she has dysplasia of the hip. Her bone, the hip socket is like this, where is it supposed to be like this? I should have actually brought a picture. And the socket is sitting like this. It's not even sitting in its rightful place. So at any moment, it can, it can come out. And the specialist explained it's like um, bee stings on a constant level, just in your hip space. And, you know, it helped me kind of to explain it, but when you see your wife in tears and you're just helpless of what to do, it's, it's heartbreaking. Anyway, I was away on a job down in Christchurch. I left my wife in the capable hands of Cena and Kristen and the other guys. And I loved, I loved taking the opportunity to Skype in and uh, be part of life group when, uh, whenever the opportunity arose. Um, I kind of wish I wasn't <laughs> on this occasion, but it was, it was so life-giving. Emma was beside herself in pain on this particular evening, and I'm on the other side of a computer screen just laying my hand on the screen. And as she's pouring out, we're all asking the Spirit, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you wanting to say? And... It's just amazing how in that moment of the cooking, he said, be quiet. Don't say a word. And I thought it was quite interesting that Cena and, and, um, and Kristen were, were doing exactly the same thing. Because it was like, oh, any minute now, the word of comfort's going to come out and we'll just, you know, dissipate this. No way. Be quiet because I'm doing a work. I'm doing a work that needs to happen in your wife's life. And if you interfere, you'll get in the way of what it is that I'm really wanting to do. And she received the word from, from God that night, didn't you, sweetheart? And it was, it was just so encouraging that, that, that the work of lordship that had been worked out in my life of stepping in, knowing the freedom that he has <laughs> so that we can let it go so that he can have his way, was just a beautiful thing. And um, again, the scripture that, that comes to mind is, is in James, James 1, verse 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If we'd aborted that process, if I'd said, right, we need to shut down the meeting, the work would not have been completed to the point that Emma could now see, I lack for nothing but for him who sets me free, for him who's going to give me a new hip. And she received a new hip last December. And even that was just beautiful because we went through the time of going, oh, when's it going to happen? And, you know, is it going to conflict with Emma's work schedules? The kids are putting their portfolios together. My wife was a secondary school teacher um, teaching art. And so, you know, real important time of term. But it's like, I've got it. The timing is perfect. You're going to finish work. 
you're going to have a week off, I'm going to give you a new hip. How incredible is our God? How incredible, how faithful is He that when we allow Him to, to do the work, allow Him to, to take us through that. And I, I could see, I could see step by step that He was doing His, doing his work within Emma. He's doing his, his work within me. And that's what God wants to, to say is that it's, when we're in the pressure test, there is life, there is fruit to be had even during it. It's not something that we just experience at the end and go, oh, that was nice, I'll respond better the next time. It's life that comes through for the very moment, for the very purpose that we would be matured and that we would respond with maturity. You know, Christ did the very same thing. Not my will, but your will be done. Christ never wanted to endure the pain of the cross. (laughs) But he was asking the Father, if there was another way. He didn't jump into pain with bells and whistles, but he was more interested in the will of his Father. I'm interested only in your will. Let your will be done. And this work that James is, is talking about, this, this joy, this perseverance, this completed work that comes, it comes from an acceptance and a desire to allow His will to be outworked in our lives. If we allow Him, if we are trusting Him, if we have faith, He will do an incredible work. Can I be the pastor for a moment and have my crook? God said to me, we've got to get past this feeling that it's really difficult. We've got to get past it. When God is saying, with me, it really isn't. And I feel that within the body of Christ, we can go through pressure tests and we say, it's so hard, Lord, it's so difficult. I don't know what to to do. I, I don't know what direction to turn in. And it's only hard, it's only difficult when we don't put Him at the center when we have Him at the center, when He is defining it, when He is in control of it, when we we see from His perspective, it really isn't difficult. I don't want to shame people this morning, but it is. It's like a, a word of going, hey, come back in. Realize that what you're going through is of Him, and that if our eyes are fixed upon Him, the reality, the life, the fruit that is on offer is available. So don't say that it's difficult when you have brothers and sisters around you, when you have discipleship in your life, when you place yourself in a community that loves Him, that desires that same heart. Allow Him to to bring that reality to you so that your words won't be, it's difficult. But Lord, with you it's possible. He's teaching me that just recently with Olive, and she's learning to, to ride a, a bike with the wheels on, and she gets so incredibly frustrated. She gets so, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it. And, but it was just this beautiful picture that when I came alongside her, and I was able to give her tips, you know, sweetheart, lean forward when you're, when you're pushing with your feet. She's a weakling like me, my poor girl, but she's like, ah, ah, she's like, 
<laughs> I'm full pelt. But it's just, it was just this beautiful image that as I was able to guide her, as I was able to encourage her, as I was able to see that she was getting more and more confident on how to use it, how to move it. And I just, that was just that beautiful picture that it's not difficult when you have me in your life, when you have me guiding you, when you have my voice speaking to you through your word, when you are in prayer with me, when your, your focus is your identity in me, relationship in me. I'm coming to the end. Walking in the power of the Spirit of Christ is possible. That comes in and through the pressure tests. Acts 10, 37 to 38. So beautiful as to what is communicated in here of our King Jesus. <laughs> you know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that, uh, that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under him, uh, sorry, who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. That's just been unfolding and is, is doing more and more of what this uh, coming into the full measure of Christ is about. Ephesians 3, 16 to 19, and, and even through the scripture in Colossians. And I just am apprehended that if God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, what do we have? What is it that lives within us as we walk through fires, as we walk through situations? Do we have this, this you know, piddly idea of the force in which we're going to move a chair? It's the power of Christ, the ability to... No, it's this, it's this incredible um, living reality that when we walk into an environment, the power of God is there to transform and change. I experienced this um, down south. Um, guys, you can pop that picture up um, of uh, the Marlborough Sounds. This, uh, this little log here was my, um, my quiet time. Or it was my place in which I just rested with him, got into his word. It's, it's just totally dependent upon him whilst being away from the family. And whilst I'm sitting there and I'm in the word, have this young guy, Tommy, um, come up. And, you know, he's, he's struggling with a lot of things um, in his own life. But he came up and we started chatting. And um, he said, I've just got, I've just had this real awful headache, like migraine-style headache for, um, you know, since this morning, um, overnight. And I said, oh, man, that's, that's, that's not good. Um, and he said, yeah, but, you know, it'll be... It'll be okay, and we started. You know, we started talking. We started chatting. I can't really remember what the discussion was about, but I remember just having my word open to that scripture in Luke that talks about just the the power that we have in in that we are in the laying of uh, on of our hands, people will be healed, the restoration of people. And we're just chatting, we're talking, and the conversation was just closing to an end. He said. So I don't know if you know, but my head is just completely gone. 
it's like no fuzziness, no, no nothing. And I was like, okay, that's good. That's awesome. That's, that is the power of God living within me right now. That is the ability that I don't even need to lay hands on an individual, but to the measure that Christ is within us. His power, His power, His power is just exuding from us because of our desire for relationship with Him, because of our desire to allow Him to do that work within us. And I knew then from that moment, it's, it's, this power is, is for far greater purposes than even just the healing of a young man's head, but that as we are His vessels, you know, we hear about what it means to, to be a peacemaker, entering into environments where peace settles. And they had that uh, um, from a, a camera assistant said, you know, when you're, when you're on set, there is, there is such a peace. There's such a peace that, that exudes. And I'm like, I know what that peace is. It's not, a, it's not a peacekeeper. It's not somebody who's trying to, you know, s- separate the producers from the directors so that, you know, they're, they're wanting everything to be shot in time and they're wanting all the creativity. It's just coming in. And today is going to be a day of peace because he's in me. He's doing work. And that can be for us all. I'm encouraging you this morning that the power of Christ through the trials, through the tribulation, that which comes through us during it, after it, is so available for you in your workplaces, in your schools, even in amongst your family, that you can be sat, you can be completely at rest, you can be at peace, complete peace, and somebody can just walk past you. It's the shadow. It's the shadow all in one. Oh, I'm healed. Oh, I'm set free of that. I no longer have depression. What, what's that all about? That is available to us, church. That is the, the, the fullness of God being outworked in our lives. It's so, so incredible. I think I'm going to finish there. I just want to say, I no longer want to live, limit God by the size of my thinking. I guess that's something that I learned, have learned so much in and through the pressure tests of the last nine years. Don't limit God by your thinking. Don't allow the way or perceptions of the way in which you see him, which don't align to his word, get in the way of you entering into the fullness that is on offer, the peace that's on offer, the life, the fruit that's on offer. I'm realizing that, you know, I'm not blessed by my possessions or by my job title. I'm not even blessed because of how much money I have in the bank. But I'm blessed upon the revelation that God has given me of himself. That is enough. That is enough for me. And as long as I am willing to continue to walk that out, there's more blessing to come. There's more revelation to come from, from that life that is abiding in Him, that is choosing Him. I encourage you today to walk by the revelation of who He says He is every day. Allow that to become your praise. Allow that to become your daily worship to Him. I don't ever want to be leading from a place in which I haven't received from Him. It is totally dependent upon him. 
the way in which he wishes to speak, the way in which his spirit wants to move. And in that place, I said it in my last message, you can only do it from your knees. A place of humility is found on our knees before him. I don't want to get in the way, God. I don't want myself to have the throne of my heart. I want you to. I want to allow you to define it and you to have your way because you have gold refined in the fire that leads me to be an overcomer that then sits at the right hand of Almighty God. I may not be speaking here for a very long time, but it won't be the last time. We'll be back. But I want to I want to honor Craig and Danny this morning. I want to thank you for being my spiritual general. I want to thank you for teaching us that the eternal purpose that is available to us is, is not something that can't be achieved, but by the power of his spirit, by the work of him, in my life and allowing me to work him to work in my life it is possible I stand here as a testimony today guys I'm not the perfect I'm not the finished work that's why I say I'm still cooking <laughs> I've got a lot more cooking to go but I'm, I'm loving it I'm living it I can't go back to what I used to be because he's revealed too much of himself and I trust this man as a general of this house I trust what works in through you. I've seen the fruit on your life. I've tested it against this. There's nothing to come against you. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.